Welcome listeners to Small Business Portland, where we discuss the future of independent business in Portland, Oregon. I'm Eleni Girding, your host and the president of Venture Portland. Today, we're excited to celebrate Women's History Month by welcoming Michelle Vernier of Bella's Italian Bakery to the show. Michelle's Bakery is a woman-owned business in the Lentz neighborhood and a member of their business district called Lentz Grown. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. So we're just going to dive right in and learn a little bit more about you, the how and why of starting this particular business, and what it means to you to be Lentz Grown. So (laughs) are you ready to dive in with me? I'm ready. All right. Well, I love meeting small business owners because I'm also a small business owner here in Portland, and we share so much in common that a lot of other people just, just don't know. So tell me a little bit about how you grew up and when you became passionate about being an entrepreneur. I grew up in Riverview, Michigan, which is South Metro Detroit area, and I started working in restaurants when I was 15. And I always realized from that point on that that was going to be what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Um, I left for culinary school after I graduated high school. So I moved to New York and then Boston. And then I moved to Portland 16 years ago. And I have worked in restaurants the whole time. Um, I switched to baking in my early 20s. And that ended up being a really good fit for me professionally. The early morning hours were a little bit better. And I really loved baking and pastry and so stuck with that for the whole time. So you lived in some major cities and working in the restaurant business, did you just feel like, wow, I know I want to be running the show versus working for somebody? Or was it just the love of cooking and eventually baking that made you feel like there was no better place for you to be? I don't know that I was always sure that I wanted to start my own business. But I think after 25 years of working for other people, I realized that I wanted to do things my way. um, And I wanted to give it a shot to see if I could do it. I felt like I was ready. I felt like I had the experience. I felt like 25 years, I had really learned a lot from some pretty incredible people and other business owners. And I felt confident that I could do something that I could be really proud of. So when I heard about the developments in Lance Town Center through Prosper Portland, I knew that that was a really good opportunity for me to do something in my community for my community. I live here in outer East Portland. And so I knew that if I was going to open my own business, it would be in my neighborhood. And to have the opportunity to do that, I, I went for it. So you mentioned you came to Portland from Boston. Mm-hmm. And did you end up in the Lentz neighborhood area? Is that kind of where you've started? Or have you bounced around, around our beautiful city here a little bit? No, I rented a place in Montevilla was the first neighborhood I lived in when I moved here and then bought my home, which is technically in Hazelwood. So I'm Lentz adjacent, I guess. And I have been here ever since. And I really love living in East Portland. I think 
it's really wonderful sense of community and I could never imagine living anywhere else in Portland. So. so tell me a little bit about Bella's. So this is your first business. You were inspired to throw down roots in your community and find a way to build more community. I imagine feeding people is a big part of how you do that. Tell us a little bit about how the concept came around, why you decided on this kind of a, of a location. I knew that whatever business I started would need to be something that was personal to me and my family's history, uh, my mom's second generation Italian American. And so I grew up in a big Italian family and the name Bella's Italian Bakery was because my great grandmother called all the girls in the family Bella. I just couldn't remember anybody's name, I think, and we all looked pretty similar. So to me, it all sort of came together that that felt right as a way to honor my family. And because I knew that I wanted to start a business that would be not just a woman-owned business, but a woman-led business. And I could bring other women on board and kind of create a space for us to work and feed our community. And so Bella's is sort of all of us at the bakery bringing what we have to the table. Yeah, share a little bit about your team. Who are some of the people that you've helped bring together to make this dream a reality? So I have seven employees right now, five full-time and two part-time and very fortunate um, to have very low turnover. So. A couple of them have been with me since I started the business at the Lentz Farmer's Market, which was three years before the opening of the physical space that we're in right now. Um, Meg was a high school student. She lives in the neighborhood and she started her own business the last year um, doing cakes out of her house and I'm very proud of her for that. And then Tammy, the two of them helped me with the baking and running of the farmer's market booth and they're still at the bakery today and then um teresa and lilia and bethany and nicole and eric and we all do a little bit of everything which i think is great and i'm really proud of them i think my staff is incredible and i'm very fortunate to have such amazing employees so you really are building a family there and kind of the next generation of restaurateurs. I'm so curious to hear a little bit about what a day is like in Michelle's life. <laughs> but um, I'm first wanting to know a little bit more about your family. So I heard there's a, a dog there with you. Good Who thought. else lives with you? Yep. My 12 year old son lives here with me. He's um, a seventh grader at Floyd Light Middle School and my fiance, Nick Lee, who own studio sign company across the street from the bakery. Oh, excellent. So you guys really are deep in the Lentz community involved in, in yeah. the businesses there. Yep. That's amazing. So tell me then, what's what's a day in the life of Michelle like? Um, and, then, and then what's it like to be in the bakery? Well, it starts early. Um, I start work anytime um, as early as 3 a.m. Usually I'm in um, around 5 or 6 and make a cup of coffee, get bread started, turn the ovens on. There's a routine, I think, to baking 
that I personally find really comforting. And so to go in every morning to start the ovens, to pull the bread dough out of the cooler, to start getting everything ready to go into the oven. And then after a few hours, other people start showing up and we get ready to open for the day. And then it's sort of nonstop, I think, till the end of the day. So the phone's ringing and customers are coming in and we're making coffee and we're selling pastry and we're fixing sandwiches and we're serving people. And there's really not a lot of time for anything else until we flip that close sign over and lock the doors at three o'clock. And then we clean up and we go home. And I think something that was really important to me when I started this business was to have a very clear definition between work time and personal time, which I think bleeds over a lot in this industry. I know that it always did for me working for other people. There's sort of this expectation that you're always on the clock and that, you know, there's sort of a perverse pride and who can work the longest hours or who's the most dedicated. And I, I never felt like that was super healthy. I think particularly as a mother, once my son was born, I really wanted to carve out the opportunity for that to not be the expectation at this bakery. So I think that that's something that's really great because really we clean up and around 3.30, we all go home and we have lives and we have kids and we have families and we have pets and we have other responsibilities that we have and things that we like doing. And so once we're closed and we go home, we leave it and we go home for the day and we have a life which is great. So you've created a nice, unique opportunity in the restaurant business to work those long hours, serve other people, but still serve yourself and serve your family with the time and attention you want to put into building those relationships, which is pretty amazing. You know, we definitely, it's a common thing to hear that the restaurant business is, it's a risky business. It can, it can be really challenging. Like you said, people are very competitive to put in a lot of hours. I've heard comments like you're married to this business. You know, it can take so much out of you. What was the experience as the pandemic started with having to shift your business model? We've heard so many different experiences of different restaurants throughout our city. How were things for you? I think we were very fortunate in that as a bakery, we were already primarily set up as a to-go business. And so we did have seats and we did have a Thursday night pizza night. And there were a lot of things that we had to let go of, but the core functions of the business didn't really have to change that much. You know, we did scramble to set up an online store. And I think that there was sort of some initial floundering where we figured out you know, how we were going to run things, but we weren't set up in a physical space that was largely dedicated to sit down tables um, or a lot of square footage that was sort of going unused. And I think that compared to a lot of other places, we maybe had a little bit used there. So you mentioned farmer's market kind of being your roots where you started in the community. Is that something that you have participated in after opening your brick and mortar or look to do again as as a way to connect with people that maybe don't make it to your storefront? We do not participate in the farmer's markets 
now that we have the physical space. Whether we do in the future, I'm not sure. It does really require a lot of bandwidth and a lot of additional staff and resources that we don't have right now. And I don't know would make sense for us to add on anytime soon. But I did love the farmer's market. And for me, it provided a low cost entry point to start to build my business. I was very fortunate that I had that opportunity to be at the lunch market and to grow my customer base for three years without a lot of overhead. Because once you sign the lease on a brick and mortar space and, and, and the bills become kind of astronomical and it's scary. And unless you have my money coming in right away, it, that can be a really big initial hurdle to overcome. Absolutely. And how nice that you have um, a support system within your community. You mentioned Prosper Portland, um, getting involved in the Lentz community in the business district. Tell me a little bit about who you lean on in the community for business support or business advice when, when things get challenging. Um, maybe Zanger Farm. You know, when I started the farmer's market, I was fortunate to be able to use their kitchen space on the weekend, which is a commercial kitchen to bake for at the farmer's market in exchange for doing some catering and cleaning services for them. And I really, I think that they're a wonderful organization. I know they're not technically in Lent. I'm not sure where the boundaries end, but I owe them a huge debt of gratitude to helping me get my business off the ground because without that commercial space to work in, I would have been paying upwards of you know $25 an hour to rent commissary space, which really would have made it unfeasible for me to start the business the way that I did. So I support them. Um, you know, ongoing support for Zenger Farm every year we do and. I appreciate being part of the Business Association and Venture Portland. Uh, There's no way that I could do this on my own. And so to be able to reach out to other business owners, you know, Rebecca Melton started, helped start the Business Association uh, with some help from Prosper Portland. It was she and I and Brandon Rhodes that were the founding board members. And so she just opened her yoga studio around the corner from bakery. I'm very proud of her lighthouse yoga and wellness and other business owners in the community, friends and coworkers that I've had in the restaurant industry over the years. And just a, a network of resources is really invaluable because there's, there's no way you could do this on your own. Isn't that the truth? It's all about the community you build with those around you and just having good mentors and support system. Let's get into some fun questions. All right. So you make a lot of stuff. What is your favorite thing to make? That's a tough one. <laughs> I ask that a lot. I think still my favorite thing to make is the focaccia. It's something that we've made from the very beginning. Um, there's a couple other things on the menu too that we've done since the farmer's market, but there's just something really satisfying about pulling a big tub of dough out of the cooler in the morning and it's squishy and it's full of bubbles and you poke at it with your fingers and put good stuff on top of it. And it's always fun to do it. I'm, I'm going to piggyback that with what's your favorite thing that you guys make to eat? Because what's fun to make and it's fun to eat are not <laughs> I think I go 
back and forth all the time, depending on what I'm in the mood for. But I, I do always love our almond cakes. And I think that's a customer favorite too. That's another thing that we've done from day one. Are some of these recipes uh, traditional to your family? Are these family recipes or are these just things that you've worked on and kind of created over the years and in your training and experience? I think more of the latter, but some of them are definitely inspired by things that I ate growing up. A lot of people ask us all the time what grass tie is, and that's something that we've made um, since the farmer's market days too. And that's, you know, my mom lived with her grandmother growing up. And so that was who would take care of them after school. And she would go out and pick dandelion greens up freeway median and then chop them up with ricotta and make them in a little patty and then fry them in a pan. And that was their after school snack. And she hated it. I mean, she hated and her and her brother would call them grass pies. And she'd say it's so terrible. And my brother and I were so lucky that we didn't have to eat grass pie after school. And then I was flipping through a cookbook maybe 10 years ago and um, saw something for Torta Rustica, which seemed very similar to grass pie. And I was like, this actually sounds pretty delicious. And so we take um, dandelion greens and braising greens grown for us by Genevieve at Urban Acre Farm. And we mix those with ricotta and we put them in an all butter pie crust and we call it grass pie and we sell it. And people do love it, but they laugh and they always like, what's grass pie? That's that. So. <laughs> that sounds fun. You mentioned family being second generation here in the United States. Do you have family in Italy that you connect with or have you been to visit? I haven't. I'm, I'm sure that there are people there that I'm related to, but you know, my mom as a teenager went to visit family and I, and I think she doesn't remember a whole lot about it. There's photos from her trip and she remembers a little bit, but most of it just sort of been lost at this point. So no, I don't, there's no one in Italy that we still talk to or connect with. Sounds like a good travel opportunity though. Is, is that on your bucket list or is there a favorite place that, that you and your family do like to go that maybe inspires some of your, your bakery items? I've been to Italy twice, Sardinia and, and the mainland and the big cities and um, Sicily. And it's, it's all, and I would love to keep going. I mean, there's so much to see there and I, it would be fun at some point to see if I could track down, you know, the family villages. Uh, it's not something that I've tried to do. And I don't know if it would even be possible, but someday. Maybe. So people come to a podcast like this to really just kind of immerse in, you know, other, other people's business experience and what it's like to be a small business here in Portland. So I'd like to ask the question, you know, what's, what's a professional tip you have? And I'm going to ask this in two ways. First, what would be a professional tip to somebody that might be interested in starting up in your industry, in this business? What would you recommend that they do? I think I would recommend that they decide what they really want to accomplish because it can't be to make money because you're not, you're not going to do that. <laughs> you're just not going to do that in this industry. But really, what, what is it that you want to accomplish and, and what legacy do you want to be behind and then use that to guide your decisions that you make that's that's great advice 
hopefully I'm not going to stump you here. So this is for the, the foodies, for the bakers. Do you have a favorite professional tip for somebody in the kitchen? A, little, a good little tidbit of advice, maybe when making focaccia bread. I think overall, my best advice to people is to not get too hung up on the recipes and specifically on baking times. And I think that's a question I get a lot. You know, how long does it bake for? How long is it in the oven for? My answer is always until it's done. And so every oven is different. Every day is different. Sometimes it's going to take 15 minutes. Sometimes it's going to take 20. So really pay attention to what you're making and, and don't worry too much about how long it says to be in the oven for. I would have not guessed that. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for that piece of advice. I, I think I do pretty good at baking, but that's where I get nervous. Like I have to do everything exactly like the recipe says. So I love hearing that you can play with that a little bit more yeah. uh, than I realized. So let's give people the important details, right? Let's tell them where they can find you. 9119 Southeast Woodstock. Um, and tell us a little bit about the hours when you guys open these days. So we are open Wednesday through Friday from 8 to 3 and Saturday and Sunday from 9. And the website is? Bellasitalianbakery.com. Are you pretty active on your social media? Is there a good place people can find the latest updates on what you're doing and see some pretty photos of your, of your baking? We are on Instagram. So we do post pretty regularly there, updates. We post more running specials. So that's an, a good place to go to see what's happening these days. Any last parting thoughts that you want to share today, Michelle? I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, really, we really enjoyed having you here. Thank you so much, Michelle, for spending time with us today and share a little bit more about being a woman-owned small business in the Portland area. Loved hearing all the tips and ideas, especially that grass thing. I'm going to have to get it later <laughs> and, and, and get those details written down. So again, thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Small Business Podcast, hosted by me, Eleni Gerding, organized by Rich Reese and produced by Jacob Falkenberg. You can connect with us on Instagram at Venture Portland. And make sure to check out our website for the latest info on business districts, the Small Business Podcast, webinars, and events at VenturePortland.org. Until next time, shop and support local because small businesses build strong neighborhoods.